Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. I'm going to read from the New King James Version today. For the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand. Aren't you glad that we serve a God with a strong hand? Well, a couple of you are. I said, are you glad we serve a God with a strong hand? And instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, do not say a conspiracy concerning all that this people call a conspiracy, nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. This morning, I want to speak to you on the subject. We're going to see this a little bit farther as we go, but I don't. we're going to end up going through a lot here, but I want to get us going here. I'm going to speak to you on the subject, when God hides himself. Would you pray, stretch your hands this way? Pray for me as I do the same for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be in your house. Lord, I thank you, O oh Lord, for the worship that has gone on in this house. Lord, again, what a beautiful, beautiful atmosphere has been in this place, Lord. And I believe you are here. I also believe what your word says, that when the Spirit of the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. And I believe that there is freedom in this house today. And Lord, I pray for every heart, mind, soul, spirit, Lord, that that they would be open and receptive to what you want to say through your word, both here in the sanctuary, listening by podcast, Lord, let them receive what you have for them. And Lord, I pray that you would use me. I am nobody. Lord God, I'm just simply an earthen, imperfect vessel. Lord, and I need your help today. Would you anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet? Give me the clarity of thought, the clarity of speech that is necessary. I pray that the word of God would be like fire shut up in my bones here today. And Lord, we just give you the praise in advance for all that you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. And Everybody in the house said, amen. Before you're seated, turn around to three or four people, give them a fist bump, and tell them, I'm glad to see you at Starkville Church of God this morning. The setting of this text here that we've read in these first two verses, we find that the Lord is speaking to Isaiah, and the people are crying out that there's a conspiracy. They're saying there's a conspiracy and that the enemy is winning and that they are questioning where in the world is God in all of this. You know, I don't believe that we're very far from that today as there are many people that are questioning. There's a conspiracy here. I don't believe this Bible stuff. I don't believe this Word of God stuff. Where, where is God in all of this? Where is God when there's so much violence and hatred in the world? Where is God when there's so much racism and hatred in this world? Where is God when Putin is dropping bombs on those in the Ukraine and innocent? people are dying? Where is God when people are starving to death across this planet? Some would say this is all a crock. It's all a conspiracy. The enemy is winning. Where is God in all this? And I want to take you back and remind you before we go any further than that very first verse that we read, and I made mention of it to get your attention, that Isaiah said, for the Lord spoke thus to me with a 
strong hand. And no matter what is going on on our planet right now, I just want to remind somebody today that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who delivered Moses, the God that we read about in the Bible, the God who sent his only son into this world to die on an old rugged cross to pay for your sins and my sins, I still firmly believe that that God still has a strong hand, that he still is mighty, that he's still on the throne, that he's still in control. And no matter what anybody else has to say about it, no matter if any would cry conspiracy, no matter if any would try to say that this book is outdated, this book is not true, I still stand firmly behind this pulpit on this Sunday morning of October 2022 and tell you I still believe that God still has a strong right hand and is still in control and still is looking out for you and me. I told you we're going to keep your Bible open. I told you we're going to look at a lot of these verses here. We're going to, in fact, we're going to go all the way into chapter 9, verses 13 through 15. The Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. He will be as a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel as a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble, they shall fall and be broken, be snared and taken. You see, when there is a threat, there is always fear. The Bible said, the Lord of hosts, him shall you hallow. Let him be your fear and let him be your Dread. Now, I know that we preach a lot and we talk about faith as the opposite of fear, and that God has not given us the spirit of fear. But let's remember that there's also something very important that we need to remember, that there is one fear that it's good to have, and that's in the book of Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7 where it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And I want to remind you to never let your fear of Satan exceed your fear of the Lord. Never let your fear of your circumstances, never let the fear of the problems around you exceed your fear of the Lord. Because I believe when you properly fear God, you don't have to fear anything or anyone else. When you truly fear God the way that we should, when you bring things in a proper perspective of God, of who he is and how great he is, and having a proper fear of the Lord, then it's at that moment and that time where suddenly you remember how big your God is, and you remember your God is bigger than any disease. You remember that your God is bigger than any world leader going crazy on this planet. You remember that your God is bigger than any chaos. You remember he's bigger than a stock market. You remember he's bigger than an upcoming election. You remember that your God is greater than all, and when you have a proper fear for him, you you no longer have to fear anything or anyone else. He said in verse 16, he said, bind up the testimony. Seal the law among my disciples. In other words, God says, I know it looks bad, and it's been long, but wait on the Lord. Even though you can't see him, wait on him. Him. Now, I know we've sang it a lot and we've shouted a lot 
And it's, a, it's still a good song. I like it. You know, even when I don't see him, he's working. Faith is always, faith, even before that song was written, it's been in the Bible a long, long time. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That we walk by faith and not by sight. So this is always supposed to have been a faith walk, hasn't it? The serving the Lord, you know, we've kind of changed it up a lot in the last few years as we've become modernized and we've lived in such a blessed place. But I remind you that we've got to get back to that place where even when we can't see what he's doing, we realize that he's still there and he's still working and he's still moving and he's still moving on your behalf. And sometimes while we wait, Sometimes we are supposed to do something. And in this waiting, he tells them to do these two things. First of all, he says, bind up the testimony. Everybody say, bind up the testimony. You see, the testimony represents what God has already done to get you to this point in your life. It's his investment in you. It's his seed in your life. You can jump over all the way back to the end of the book, to the book of Revelation, and we find the dragon, the devil, that that believers, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Come on, somebody shout testimony. You see, it's important that you know your testimony. Now, we like good testimonies. We like just, you know, about a month or so ago, maybe it's been a long time, flying on by. Maybe a little bit longer than that. We were blessed, and we've had other times we've had testimonies to be shared. We had the ladies from Beauty from Ashes down in McGee to come, and you heard a wonderful testimony of how God had touched a young lady named Reagan and how God had brought her out of so much stuff, and God, God had delivered her. And You know, we can talk about all kind of testimonies. If I was to talk to you and ask you about a testimony, those of us that have been in church, you can probably think about some conference or maybe even in a local church, and you heard a powerful testimony of how God had delivered somebody or he somebody or brought somebody through some stuff. And that's all fine and good. And those things, those testimonies encourage us. But listen, I need this morning, I need to remind us, you and me right here, that we have got to remember our testimony. You see, it's all fine and dandy. I love it. I love to be encouraged by other people's testimonies. I love to hear about how God has delivered, how God has saved, how God has done great things for other people. But there also comes a time where I've got to stop and I've got to say, wait just a minute. I can't just celebrate what God's done for somebody else. God has done so much for me. He has done too much for me to not even think about where he has brought me from. He has blessed me. He has protected me. He has provided me. He saved me. He sanctified me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. He has done so much for me that I can't just stop and push aside my testimony just to listen to something. I need to remember my story too. You need to remember your testimony. In those dark times, in those difficult times, it's in those moments. He said, in this difficult time, bind up the testimony. When you feel like God's not going to come through, when you feel like God's forgotten you, you bind up your testimony. You remember how he did provide for you five years ago. You remember how he did heal you 10 years ago. You remember how he did take care of your family 20 years ago. You remember how he has blessed you in the past. Bind up that testimony as you prepare for what he's going to do next. 
and 2, he said, seal the law among the disciples. So find a group of people who still believe and reminisce about what God has already said. Find you a group of people. You know, I believe that's what, that's what I try to do my best to do. I try my best to remind us of what God has done, but also remind us he is not done yet. That's why back in April when we had the 100th anniversary, I'm all about celebrating. I'm all about celebrating 100 years of ministry at Startful Church of God. I'm all about celebrating how we started over in the schoolhouse of the cotton mill. I'm all about celebrating how God blessed on Maxwell Street. I'm all about celebrating in the 70s when we moved over here. And I love it and I celebrate it and I'm going to bind up that testimony, but I've also come to find a group of people that is ready to say not only did he do it back then but I believe that he still wants to do it now God didn't just love that group a hundred years ago and forget about us today I came today to find some people that still have a belief that God is not finished with this church that God is not finished with the church in general that God is not finished with me that God is not finished with you that God still has a remnant on this earth that he's going to anoint that he He's going to raise up to bring revival in these last days. See, everybody's not afraid. Some people run when the heat gets turned up. Some people run when the enemy sends his threats. But there's still a group of people, I believe, who's going to roll up their sleeves and say, I am not backing down from the enemy. Y'all remember that story of little David, don't you? You go back to that story, and the, the story began, David... David is a DoorDash. David's a DoorDash for his brothers. Jesse said, hey, son, your brothers are fighting down there. Take this food. Take it down to them. How many y'all didn't even know DoorDash was in the Bible? There you go. And what happens? David shows up at the battlefield, and what's everybody doing? David, psst, come here, David. Get back here. Don't talk too loud. And David's like, what's wrong with y'all? They're like, Goliath. Now, I know I, this is a little bit of RDL version, but it, it's on point here. Read it if you don't believe me. It, it's Goliath. Get back here. Goliath's over there. Now, give me some of that cheese. That looks good. <laughs> Goliath's over there. Don't be too loud. And then David's like, huh, let me, let me hear. All of a sudden, what happens? Goliath steps out. He starts doing what? The Bible says he starts cursing God. He starts down in Israel. He starts doing all of these things. And something happened on the inside of little David. Just like, what in the world's wrong with y'all? What in the world is y'all? Y'all going to let that uncircumcised Philistine talk that way about our holy God? What happens? Well, we know the story. There's a couple of different things. He ends up going to the Saul's tent, tries to put on Saul, but he's like, no, nah, I can't wear your armor. That ain't going to work. But we get to this point in the story, and when everybody else had been cowering down, Goliath steps out, and he starts running his mouth. And what does David do? He don't back down. He don't hide back behind the tent. He don't just get the cheese and go get in the fetal position and try to munch on a little cheese and crackers. And No, he begins, I believe, I believe he began to see the bear he killed. 
I believe he began to see the lion he had killed. And he began, he said, David, you, he said, Goliath, you come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And the Bible says that David ran toward Goliath. He didn't hide behind something. He didn't crouch behind something. He ran at the giant bold, not in himself, but in the power of his God. And I believe today in the day that we live in God is calling a church to say hey find you seal the law among the disciples I need you to find some people that still believe what my word says I need you to find some people that are ready to stand on my word and get up in the face of the devil and don't you back down and truly believe that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and stand up for Jesus Christ Verse 17, and I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Sometimes God has to use an unseen hand to guide us. Sometimes God will guide us in a way that we cannot see him. Sometimes God hides himself on purpose. Now, I know that's not what you wanted to hear. I know when you decided that you were going to come to Starkville Church of God today, what you were wanting to hear was this was not on the list. You were not hoping that that preacher would get up there and talk about how God's going to hide himself from you sometimes. I know what we want. Same thing I want. When I go to camp meeting or prayer conference or something like that, I want to, I need to hear how God's going to bless me and how God's going to touch me and how God's going to encourage me. I don't want to hear about how God's going to hide himself from me. But it's in the book. Sometimes God hides himself on purpose because if he didn't hide, we wouldn't learn to lean on him through faith and trust. We wouldn't ask. We wouldn't seek. We wouldn't pray or fast. If we didn't have those moments where it seemed as though he was hiding himself from us. Because it's the journey, not the victory, that gives us our strength. I'm going to say that one more time. It's the journey, not the victory, that gives us our strength. In fact, I've been mentioning this throughout the last several weeks, but I'll kind of say this again. You know, really, it's the journey that makes the victory sweet. Because the victory wouldn't be sweet if you didn't have a journey to get there. Our power didn't come from a father who gave us a silver spoon. God chose not to spoil us as children who do not respect his authority and do not know who they are. Rather, he chose to chastise those whom he loves that they may grow up. Oh, I know you didn't come here to hear that, but it's just what you're getting this morning. God is more concerned about changing you than he is changing your circumstances. I mean, I'm, I'm, shoveling, I'm shoveling the steak to you this morning. This, this ain't the pie. This ain't the banana pudding. This is the meat here. I said God is more concerned about changing you than about changing your circumstances. Can I tell you, please don't take this the, the wrong way. God really could care less about your circumstances. It's you that he cares about. He, he, he really doesn't care about your circumstances. Now, of course, he, he cares about you, and he's caring about you, and if he leaves the circumstance in your life, it must mean that it's going to be good for you. If he's leaving the circumstance, he must know that it's the best thing for you. 
See, spoiled children aren't tough. They're just loud. I won't ever forget. Several years back, I don't even remember when it was, but we were traveling from Loosedale, and 45 up to Meridian was our route, whether we were coming up here or whether we were going over to Gadsden to see her parents. Usually all routes would take us from Loosedale at least to Meridian. Then we'd either stay on 45 or get on 59 or wherever we're going. And we stopped at the Chick-fil-A in Meridian. I even remember where we were going at the time. But I remember we, we were excited to have Chick-fil-A. Loosedale didn't hardly have any restaurants. And we was excited to eat the Lord's chicken. And we get in there in Chick-fil-A. We get our food and we get sat down in our booth. And just across the aisle there in another booth was some parents and their son, Little Ben. And Little Ben, Little Ben, Little Ben. I can't even begin to describe to you Little Ben and all that Little Ben did. But Little Ben was doing whatever he wanted to do. They brought him some food. Little Ben got down on it. Hey, Chick-fil-A's clean, but I'm just going to be honest. Ain't no public restaurant that I really want to waller on their floor. Little Ben got down. He wallered on the floor there at Chick-fil-A. And it is just, can I say, let me tell you this. Spoiled children aren't tough, but they are loud. Spoiled children don't know their consequences for wrong behavior because someone has always bailed them out. Y'all aren't ready for this, but I'm going to give you this. Y'all ready? God will let you spend the night in jail before he comes to pick you up. He'll make you pay back the bail money. He'll send you to the gallows before he signs your pardon. He'll let them put the noose around your neck before he cuts the rope. Not because he doesn't love you, but because he wants you to grow up. And God loves you enough to show up late. I don't know about all that, preacher. Well, just ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you don't believe me, ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when Nebuchadnezzar said, you're going to bow down to this golden image. And, they, and the music started, and everybody else in the land was bowing down, and they just Nebuchadnezzar, he said, all right, boys, I really like y'all. I'm going to give you one more chance. And they said, we're sorry, king. We respect you as our king. We'll do a lot of stuff that you have told us to do as our king. We respect that. But there, there comes a point in time where your authority does not exceed the authority of our God. And bowing down to that graven image is where your authority gets trumped by the authority of God. And we're not going to bow down to it. See, some of us would think that God should have just come and rescued him right then, but God didn't. Because what happened, Nebuchadnezzar said, he got furious, and he said, y'all heat that furnace up hotter, seven times hotter than it's ever been before. It's at that point that we might think that God should have come in and stepped in and, and delivered him, but nope. Seemed like, what, it seemed like God was hiding his face then, didn't it? He lets them go to the point where the soldiers, they bind them up, and they take them, and they throw them in the furnace. And the furnace was so hot that what? The soldiers that had to throw them in were consumed and died by the fire. That's why I'm telling you about this. God will let you sometimes even go into the fire. Because what happened in the fire was what? The God who seemed to have been hiding the whole time. My God, I'm about to dance. I'm not really a dancer. And y'all are my, it's, gonna have, it's always for the Lord because I, I am too white and I have no rhythm. And so if I dance, it ain't, it ain't pretty. But it is in those moments where it seemed like God had been hiding the whole time that suddenly Nebuchadnezzar starts looking in there 
And he said, hey, how many did we throw in that fire? And they said, we put three Hebrew boys in there. And Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm counting one, two, three, four. And he said, the fourth one looks like the Son of God. It was in the moment when they found themselves in the fire. It was a moment where the heat had been turned up. It was in that moment where it seemed like God had been hiding his face that suddenly God revealed himself and showed up time. I never left you. I never went anywhere. I just hid myself for a little while. But now I reveal myself to you and to those around you. Ask Daniel. A decree was made. Nobody can pray to anybody but King Darius. Though Daniel was loved by King Darius, he was tricked by those that didn't like Daniel. They caught him. They caught Daniel opening his window, praying toward Jerusalem as he always did. And what happened? Well, we would think that God, he, he gave him favor with the king. The king's going, he won't let him do that. What happens? The king that loved him said, hey, this is the law of the Medes and the Persians, and even if I wanted to, I can't save him from that. So they get to the mouth of the lion's den. And they, the king's heartbroken. He is. Read about it. I mean, he didn't even sleep that night. He really did like Daniel. And they throw Daniel in. You know, some of us would have thought, where's God? Shouldn't, it, shouldn't an angel caught him before he fell down in there? Nope. He had to spend the night in the den with the lions. But the God who had hid himself for a little while, when they open up that pit, the king's, Daniel! So I'm here, king. He's like, what in the world? And Daniel said, yeah, after y'all threw me in here, the Lord's angel showed up and closed the mouth of the lions. The God who seemed to have disappeared, the God who seemed to have been hiding himself, the God never really left at all he just simply hid himself until the time was right so that they would live by i got a key i got more i got more i did a little post i don't do much of that on facebook but i, I posted about mary and martha ask them about it they're like where's jesus our brother jesus's best friend lazarus is sick Come on over and heal. We know you can heal him, Gee, We've seen you open blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears. We've seen you do all that. Come on over, Jesus. We'll fix you a good lunch. You can heal Lazarus. Everything will be hunky-dory. You know what happened in that story, don't you? They sent word to Jesus. And what happened? Jesus stayed where he was until Lazarus was dead and buried four days. So long that when they went to the grave, Jesus said, roll the stone away. And they said, what? Mm, I don't know if that's a good idea, Lord. By now he stinks. 
He's done been in there so long. You didn't show up. You weren't here. You didn't care. You hid yourself. Where were you, God? Where have you been, Jesus? Jesus said, roll that stone away. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus got up. Read about it. He came out bound in the grave clothes, head to toe. Jesus said, "What? loose him and set him free. Verse 18, here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Here am I. See, you've got to know where you are because you're never going to make it until you can say God is in control and I am in the center of his will. There's a couple things you need to know about the center of his will. First of all, the center of his will does not always, Brother Eric mentioned already this morning, just because you're in his will doesn't mean everything's always going to be perfect and hunky-dory. Sometimes the center of his will There's going to be all kind of chaos and all kind of stuff, but there is one thing about the center of His wheel. When you know you're in the center of His wheel, you know you're standing on a solid rock. It's more important to know your position when you're in the dark than when you're in the light. We get all kind of spiritual, you know, when everything's going good, but when things go bad, we want to give up on God, but that's the time we really need to know more than any time who we are and where we are in the Lord. Here am I. I don't see God, but this is right where He told me to wait. I know he'll be back. I'm not moving until I hear from the Lord. I won't ever forget, we were at our first church and just, you know, for how first churches are sometimes. And a little discouraged and Brother Lovell Carey, he was a missionary and at the time he was the director of, of Church of God World Missions. I won't ever forget sitting there in the break room and and. And I said, you know, Brother Kerry, how do you know when to, when to go? You've been a missionary. You've gone places. You, you've, you've served in foreign countries. You serve in an executive position now here at the headquarters. I mean, how do you know? And he, he told me, he said, he said that he had learned that if he just didn't know where to go, that he, need, that he generally has learned to stay still until God gives him the direction. Some, you know, sometimes we get so impatient. God said, go here, we go here, and we get impatient, and we want to like, all right, God, where you at, where you at, where you at? Come on, you ever been waiting on anybody? You ever been the, you ever been the one to go get a table for like 15 people, and you're the first one there? And like, ain't nobody else showed up, and you don't have this table for like five or ten minutes, and the waiters and waitresses are looking at you like, this dude, he thought he had all these friends, and he ain't even got one. And sometimes it's like we're waiting there, like, okay, God. Where are you at? I'm right here where you said you wanted me to be. And what happens many times we just get impatient. We get impatient and then we're like, ah, I'm just going to go on over here and do this. I'm just going to go on over here and do that. I'm gonna, let me just tell you today, there, there have been plenty of times, plenty of times where I have just wanted to just say, forget it. I'm done I'm moving on from this place. But they said, here I am, and the children whom the Lord has given me, I know where I'm at. This is where God has told me to be. Let me just tell somebody, don't you, don't you run and don't you jump. Don't you get anxious and move 
from something that God brought you to when He's just told you to simply wait for Him. Oh, that's good. I don't, I don't know. That, that's good stuff there. i got to move on. Verse 19 and 20. When they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony? If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. You see, when God hides, people get desperate for word in their lives. And God said, if you need a word, he already said it back earlier. He said, you go. And then he says it again in verse 20. To the law and to the testimony. There are so many people. And listen, I, I'm thankful. I, I'm so thankful I'm Pentecostal. Listen, I, I, I don't ever, I don't know how I could do it. I'd get bored. We have been, my girls have been with us. They've grown up in Pentecost. And we've visited at some non-Pentecostal church. And I'm not saying they're not going to heaven. Please don't misunderstand me. But, but my girls, we visited a couple times in non-Pentecostal churches. And they're like, this is boring. <laughs> Listen, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the power of Pentecost. I'm thankful for the moving of the Spirit. I'm thankful. But one, one of those problems we Pentecostals have is we always want a word. And folk, folks, folks are like, I, I need a prophet. I need a prophet. I need an evangelist to pray over me. And say, thus saith the Lord. Come on. <laughs> I am not against prophecy. I've already told you that earlier in the service. I'm not against prophecy. I'm not against prophets. I'm not against words of knowledge. But let me just tell you something that when all the, the word, this word tells us when all of that is gone. This is going to stay. The word of God. If you need, listen, if you need a word, I've heard it. He said, oh, I just, I need a word. I need a word. Well, open the book. There's plenty of word for you right there. And if the person, and I think I've told you all this before. If not, I can't believe I hadn't. If the person giving you spiritual advice is telling you things that are contrary to the word of God, it ain't God. If they say, thus saith the Lord, and it don't line up with the word of God, it is not the Lord. It's either they're mistaken or they're just simply a false prophet. Our general overseer says it like this. He says it better. That's why he's a general overseer. He said it in a much more catchy way. He says it like this. He says, you can never be more spiritual than you are scriptural. I'm going to say that one more time. You can never be more spiritual than you are scriptural. The true spirit of the living God inspired this book, so he is never going to go against what this book says. i got to keep on moving. I don't got my clock back there today, so I'm, I'm trying to be careful here. In the last days, we're dealing with more deceiving spirits than ever. They'll show up in all kinds of forms. Christian reminds you, you don't need the psychic network. You don't need a hotline, 1-800-PSYCHIC or none of that garbage. You don't need a Ouija board. You don't need your horoscope. But here's the scary thing. There are demons talking in churches too. Deceptive spirits will come in all forms. And you've got how you're going to know the difference. It goes back to what I've heard time after time. That the way that they train people in a bank or other places that deal with money to spot false currency is not 
that they bring them the latest false dollars. It's not that they bring them the latest counterfeit bills and say, look at this one. This is the problem with it. You want to know how they train them to do it? They give them the real stuff. They give them the real stuff to feel it, to feel it in their fingers. They give them the real stuff to feel the weight of it. They give them the real stuff to feel the thickness of it. They give them the real stuff so that when any kind of counterfeit comes through, no matter what part of it is counterfeit and makes it different or noticeable, they notice it not because they studied the false, but they know it because they studied the real stuff. And if you want to say, if you're saying, you know, I know the Bible talks about deception in the last days. I don't want to be deceived by the enemy. Here is the answer right here. If you will get in this book, if you will get in the B-I-B-L-E, if you'll let it be the rock on which you stand, if you'll get to know the real thing, that when the fake stuff comes your way, then through the Word and the Spirit of God, He will alert you. I'm moving on. Verse 21 22. They will pass through it, hard-pressed and hungry. It shall happen when they are hungry. That they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and look upward. I want you to take notice of that. Hey, will you go back one more verse, sorry. That they'll, they, they'll look to their God and look upward. Then they will look to the earth and they will see trouble and darkness and gloom and anguish. They will be driven into darkness. See, it says they're going to get so enraged, they're going to curse their king and they're also going to curse their God. And it's a big G God there. You see, when God is trying to get you to trust him, things may get worse before they get better. Yeah, I'm, I promise I'm just about done. I want you all to hear this, though. When God is trying to get you to trust him, things may get worse before they get better. I've been there. I've been there personally, and I've been there as a pastor with people. And I've been at that place where it's like, okay, it's got to get better from here. I done been through it. They done been through it. It's got to change from here. It's got to start getting better from here. But there's been times it hasn't. There's been times personally where I'm like, all right, God, I know this is it. Get myself pumped up. I know that's, that's, that's about all I can take there, God. You said you'd never put more on me than I can handle, and I've just about come to the end of my rope, so I know it can't get any worse. Woo! And then it does. And I've walked as a pastor with people and thought, Lord, I've watched them walk through this. This is, this is so much. I know they, they can't take much more than this. I, I know that you're about to turn this situation around. Prayed with them. Believed with them. And just when I think things are just about to get better, things get a little bit worse. You don't got to raise your hand, but I got a feeling some of y'all have been there before too. I've been there. I told you, not only have I just walked, if I walk with people, but I've been there personally. At that point, hard-pressed, hungry, things just seem to have gotten worse. I thought things were about to get better, but God, why have you let them get worse? Sometimes God may wait until your plan is completely spoiled so that he can activate his plan. 
Sometimes the Lord is going to let all your expectations and all that you think He's supposed to do fall apart until finally you realize, all right, God, I ain't even got a clue. Come on, anybody ever been there before? You get to that point, you're like, God, I don't even have a clue what you're going to do here. I give up on trying to figure this out. If, if, if there's anything, if there's anything that the Lord does want you to give up, it's give up trying to figure it all out and just put your faith and your trust in Him. And when you get to that place, then God is going to do it the way He wants to do it. Have you ever looked back on this, on, on the better side of it, on the overside of it now, and been like, wow, now I sure am glad God did it that way. Because His way is way better than the way my way would have been. I've been there. I walked on the other side. I thought I had it figured out. I thought I had it figured out what God should have done to get it all fixed. But after I get there, but He don't, and I get mad in the middle of it, and I get angry. Listen, don't ever curse God, but it is okay to ask God some questions sometimes. And it's, why, God, what deal? I don't understand. And then suddenly, He comes and He fixes it in a way that I wasn't even thinking about. And when I get on the other side, I'm like, oh, God, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Sometimes, not y'all, I know y'all are more spiritual and, and smarter than me, but there's sometimes that I just stop and I'm just like, you know what, God, I sure am glad you're God and not me because you've got this thing figured out a lot better than I do. Verse 21, it may get so bad you curse God and the king. When God hides, it gets dark and darker before his plan in your life is revealed. But we see something happen here. Look in chapter 9. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. And when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephalti, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan and Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Listen, that's the thing. I know I told you sometimes when you think it's God's about to turn it around, sometimes he don't. But I will tell you this, that he is going to turn it around in his time. That there is coming a time when you walk through the darkness long enough. And as it said, a light's going to shine. You've been walking around in the darkness. You've been walking around in your battle. You, you've been struggling. You've been praying. You've been aggravated. You've been hurt. What did it say earlier? You've been hungry. You've been oppressed. You've been everything else. And finally the day and the moment's going to come. Light is going to turn on. But when the light comes back on, you're going to notice something happened during the season. Listen, not, this is the best part of this, so don't, don't, don't leave me here. I promise. Ten more minutes and I'm done. When the light comes back on, you're going to notice something happened in that dark season. In verse 3, he says, you have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. 
they rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. Increase comes in the hard times. Read the story of Israel. Go back in the Old Testament, and you find a boy named Joseph. Everybody say Joseph. Joseph, you, y'all know y'all are church folks. Y'all know, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. Remember Joseph. You remember Joseph, the coat of many colors. You remember Joseph who got sold into slavery. Joseph, the one that went and he became second in command eventually in Egypt. The Joseph who interpreted the dream for Pharaoh. The Joseph that realized what the dream meant, that there were going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. So during the seven years of plenty, you better build some barns and get everything else ready because when the seven years of famine come, you're going to have to have the leftovers from those seven years of plenty. Y'all still with me, aren't you? What happens? Eventually, Joseph's family comes. His brothers come. His father comes. Then the Bible says, what? The not so, so good part of the story is there arose a Pharaoh who knew Joseph not. And Israel was what? Put into slavery. But they came in. Twelve sons. They came in, twelve sons. But in the 450 years of oppression and slavery in Egypt, the Lord used their difficult time as an incubator. And they went in as just a handful. But when they came out, there were millions of them. And not only were they millions of them, but the Bible said that because of all the slavery that had, they had been through, that the Lord blessed them and the Egyptians, when they're walking out of Egypt, what happened? Bible said the Egyptians were just giving them stuff, giving them jewelry, giving them gold, giving them stuff. And so they came out of the oppression. They came out and the oppression served as an incubator and they were multiplied. I need you to know that your dark season, you feel like everything's going bad and everything's going wrong. But when the light finally comes back on, you're going to discover that through that dark and difficult time, you're coming out stronger. You're going to come out more blessed. You're going to come out more anointed. You're going to come out stronger in your faith. You're going to come out a better person after you've been through it. Verse 5, for every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and the garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel for fire. Every battle, every battle you've been through is going to be fuel for the fire of God on the inside of you. Every hard time you've had to go through, when you get on the other side, you're going to realize it was fuel. The devil's going to realize he never should have put you through that. I need somebody to hear this preacher today and realize what God is saying. That when you get through the stuff you're having to go through, when you get on the other side of the trial, the devil's going to wish he never tried to stop you. The devil's going to wish he never tried to oppress you. The devil's going to wish he never put you through what you went through because you're going to come out out stronger. You're going to come out more anointed. You're going to come out full of the fire of the Holy Ghost of God when you get through it. Come on and give him praise if you believe it. How is all of this going to happen? 
I know it's not quite December, but verse 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I'm thankful for so many things in my life. Thankful for family. Thankful for friends. Thankful for churches that have been a part of my life. I'm even thankful, and listen, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I, I'm even thankful for my denomination. God's given me a lot. Of, I know people are anti now, but God's given me a lot of friends, and God's given me a lot of consistency there. But listen, I'm thankful for all those things. When it comes down to it, the victory still only comes through Jesus. When we come down to it, how did it all happen? We've been through it. We've been through all this. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The victory that we experience comes through Jesus and Jesus alone. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at startvillecog.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.